Hello, and welcome to Daily Rhythms. I'm your host, Victor Hunter. Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome to Daily Rhythms, episode number 14. And so glad you could uh, join me today. And I have as my very special guest, Mr. Matt Camp. Matt Camp, welcome to Daily Rhythms. Thanks, Victor. Thanks for the invitation. It's great to be here. All right. So um, I want to give you a little bit of background for what we'll be talking about today. Um, Several months ago, I came across this book, Faith for Exiles with Allie Hawkins, Five Ways for a Generation to Follow Jesus in Digital Babylon by David Kinman and uh, Mark Matlock. And I was so intrigued by this book. In fact, I think that if you are a parent of a teen or a young adult, or if you just want to read it for yourself, I would highly recommend reading this book. Uh, This book is a subject uh, that I care deeply about, uh, something that's really deeply on my heart. Uh, And so let me give you an idea of what that looks like by reading some notable quotes from this book. Uh, The first one says, Technology and the lighted rectangles we gaze at all the time aren't bad in and of themselves. But if we are not vigilant and intentional, digital Babylon glitzes and blitzes our days so completely that we never get around to pursuing the deeper things of life. We believe this generation wants and needs more. And we believe the abundant way of Jesus, the family of God called the church, and the ancient call of Christian mission can answer the stifled longings of this anxious age. Here's another quote. Young people, especially use the screens in their pockets as counselors, entertainers, instructors, even sex educators. Why build up the courage to have what will likely be an awkward conversation with a parent, pastor, or teacher when you can just ask your phone and no one else will be the wiser? When it comes to technology, The path of least resistance is not scornworthy because it's easy. It's praiseworthy because it's efficient. And those are just a couple quotes um, that that really grabbed at my heart uh, when I started reading this this book. Uh, So what does that have to do with the spiritual disciplines? Well, my, my contention is that we get so involved in the digital world that we become disconnected from God. And that's my my main contention, my main concern. Um, I invited Matt uh, to the program because shortly after I came across this great read, uh, Matt did a teaching for our large group uh, recovery uh, at Recovery Ministries at the Austin Stone Uh, that just really resonated with me because it was so at the heart of what this book is talking about. Um, Matt, do you remember that talk? Can you kind of give us a thumbnail sketch of what you were getting at there? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so essentially it was uh, kind of exactly what we're talking about. Um, just looking at how just the nature of the, the technologically driven world we live in um, really shapes our affections. It really shapes how we spend our time. Um, it, it really creates um, subtle and I think unspoken uh, peer pressure to be in the know or to be um, uh, savvy about, you know, just the latest, um, you know, pop culture trends. And I guess, I mean, among other things, you know, like we're saying, the problem with that is that um, the, the trends and, things, uh, and the, the status quo is changing so quickly that it becomes this, this kind of rat race uh, to the bottom that nobody can keep up with anyway. And it really, really robs, um, I think, people of having uh, 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 kind of a sober, balanced view of how to think about technology or entertainment um, alongside their faith um, without uh, pulling them away from that. And so, yeah, that was kind of a high-level summary of it, but that was kind of the gist yeah. of it. Yeah, that's the way I remembered it. <laughs> uh, and so this this actually goes further back than the 21st century. Um, in fact, uh, historically speaking, in 587-86 BCE, um, Judah was uh, captured by Babylon. And during this time, um, the the Israelites became, uh, the people of Judah, rather, became very entranced into the uh, culture of the Babylonians. Um, and so they were worshiping their false idols um, with abandon and, and just sort of losing their identity as God's people. Uh, but you gave, you in your talk, you gave some New Testament examples and basically, you know, how... This played out in the Greco-Roman world. Do you do you remember those, or some of those? Um, yeah, if you could uh, drill down a little more to help me remember what you're, which ones you're kind of pulling up, real quick. Yeah. So, um, like you gave examples, like in Ephesians and uh, Colossians, and just those New Testament books. And um, how they were influenced, um, how those Christians were influenced by the culture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, really, I think it was, um, you know, just looking to, you know, like it says in Colossians, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Um, but I think that applies, obviously, very directly today. I mean, if we're, and I know I've struggled with this or in my walk with Jesus and just growing in faith is that you know, there's this temptation, I feel like, to think that if you can just um, kind of master culture, then you can be above it all and, and still follow Jesus without any uh, any encumbrances. And mm. for me, that, that meant just like understanding the, the vanguard of where culture was going. Um, yeah. And I, and I don't think it's wrong or bad to be informed. I think we as Christians should be informed with the, you know, the tides of where culture is going. But I think it's also easy to get swept up in that as some kind of, again, like looking to find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like you just kind of keep, and for this technological age we're in, it keeps recycling, it keeps updating, it keeps, you know, accelerating and growing in what it's doing. So you'll never get to the end of that, but you do kind of get caught in this, um, this, this shift and this, uh, this current as it were. But 
I think just remembering again, those verses of like in Colossians to set our mind on the things above that really means like our first treasure, our first focus and priority is on the person of Jesus and mm. um, being obedient and um, surrendered to him. Um, and from that, we, we orient in the world based on that, uh, that fundamental identity. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was having a conversation with our friend, uh, John Dansby, um, in fact, it was it was on the, um, one of the episodes here. I can't remember which one right now. But uh, I was telling him that someone told me, yeah, the very first thing I do when I wake up is I look at Facebook, <laughs> you know, hmm. and I check my email. And so, what do you what do you think that that says about a culture, particularly a Christian culture, that that has that um, that like first day focus, first part of the day focus? Yeah, I mean, I think going back to that quote, you know, it's um, these things are not um, just talking about the path of least resistance. There, there is a praiseworthiness to the efficiency of it. And I think huh. as Christians, like anybody, we get um, we get kind of, um, I don't know if enamored, we get caught up in the enthusiasm of being able to be efficient in our communication or be available to people. And I think that's easy to to fall into where you start to kind of orient yourself around that efficiency of communication and so mm. getting up in the morning and checking that email to see who needs me or how can i be useful is kind of based on a good um a good instinct maybe but again like all kinds of um things that become idols if we're not it's not the it's not the existence of a bad thing in uh the wrong place it's usually just a good thing that's out of order and um, so just remembering to try to start our day with God and, and, and make that our, our priority. Again, that's something that I don't have, like, I know the right answer of how to like check email in the morning. You know, it's like, that's something that kind of has to be spirit and wisdom led, but I definitely see that, that tendency or that temptation, um, because uh -huh. it does feel like it's based on a good thing of trying to, you know, be responsive, be available and uh, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and part of that is just the discipline. Uh, this is a podcast about the spiritual disciplines. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but the, the discipline to have that, uh, that, that mindset that says, okay, this is the first thing I'm going to do when I get up. You may not be a morning person, so maybe this is the first thing I'm going to do before I go to sleep. Um, someone said... No, no, uh, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, mm -hmm. no bedtime, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so that just kind of puts your, your mind in focus, um, I think, uh, yeah, to do that. For sure. And, and that's yeah. honestly my rhythm. I've kind of, you know, worked on it over the years. But I found that, you know, reading the word before I go to bed is kind of what so far has um, been kind of my rhythm. Um and may continue to grow in that, but I think just putting that time um, before I lay down for the night, like with God, is, is what I focus on. So, yeah. And you mentioned the term idol, which you know I don't think is is um, uh, I, I don't think it's I think it's 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 like right on the money because this can become an idol. I think. 
um, someone said, you know, we, we all worship something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we all find ourselves at the feet of some, some God. Um, and and this, is, this is my concern, even for my own kids, that um, this, this has become super idolatrous for them. Like you can, you can walk into a room and they can be on a tablet or whatever and just not even look up, right? Uh, you call their name and they're like, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? You know, it, it's almost like they're in a stupor, right? And it's just, uh, that's just really concerning. Uh, but I think that it is indicative of what's going on in our culture right now. Um, and and I, I must say, as the old guy in the room, uh, that this is, this seems way different from the times in which I grew up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was not, you know, people watch TV, they listen to the radio and, and what have you, but there was not this all consuming focus, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, kids actually, I don't know, perish the thought, but they actually went outside and they played, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> imagine That's that. Sad. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, but we've lost that. We've lost that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, not to sound too kind of uh, grumpy yesteryear, I don't think we or you sound that way at all. I think it's a really honest acknowledgement of what, you know, is very self-evident, but I don't think a lot of people are willing to talk about or really know how to articulate. But, um, you know, there's, there was a great uh, documentary on Netflix um, called The Social Dilemma not that long ago, really mm-hmm. highlighting from like a secular point of view, the, the kind of the consequences and the reality of this social um, engineering really that, you know, Silicon Valley companies have kind of engaged in over the years and that we've participated in. Um, but just the level of uh, conditioning and, and, and psychological triggering that happens to keep us engaged. Um, one thing I thought was really uh, powerful that was said in that is that, you know, all throughout human history, I mean, we talk about these things in social media or on the Internet as tools, you know, something we use to make a job more efficient. Um, uh-huh. But they said, you know, this is the first time for all of human history, a tool was something that you picked up and used when you needed it. And then once you were done, you put it down. Um, but we live in an age now where the tools are effectively coming to you to get your attention and to Absolutely. Use, basically use you when they want to. They're they're. They're notifying you. They're pinging you for their, you know, your attention and your engagement. And that's a really different definition. Um, and it, it shouldn't be like kind of just glossed over as the way modern things happen. Um, I think this article this out of uh, the faith in um, the book here um, actually made a point on this um, where it talked about, you know, we're, we're just kind of at the beginning of this of this digital revolution. And it said, you know, much more could be said. But the point is this. We are all on the front end of a digital revolution that is tinkering with what it means to be human. Mm. Um, and I think that's right. I, I think that's, you know, that's kind of the, the, the buck stopping there that, you know, that's, that's the headline of this whole thing is that um, I think if we've talked about it more in those terms, people would probably be more um, sober-minded about it and engaged. Yeah. But I think it's this continued presumption that anything that happens in the digital world uh, is inherently progressive. It's inherently positive and uh, good and leading to a better outcome. And it's just a, mm. a constant refinement and optimization. And I think that's, 
you know, that's probably not the right way to, to conceptualize it. And I just hope that, you know, through these conversations, we can think about that more, um, I think, rationally and, and just kind of looking at this really, really powerful idea of like, hey, that there, there are things, I mean, the word says it, like there's obviously a spiritual battle going on and there's things that are vying for our attention, our affections, even our definitions of what it means to be uh, made in the image of God. And so we should be, uh, we should be aware of that. And I think properly engaged. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks man uh, for, for agreeing to be on the show. I want to, I want to end with this quote um, from digital Babylon. We have allowed our technology to outdistance our theology. And for this reason, we find ourselves caught up with many problems. Uh, and then they say, how do we find the rabbit hole that leads to real worthwhile wisdom for living well and following Jesus in an accelerated complex culture? By accelerated, we mean everything moves faster. The news cycles, the speed of information, the pace of life, the rate of change. This is the screen age. After all, digital tools, devices, and content drive our perceptions and experiences of reality. They offer an illusion of total control and a mirage of complete access to the world. And I think that about says it all. Um, I, again, I recommend uh, that you pick up this book. Um, again, the name of the book is Faith for Exiles with Allie Hawkins, Five Ways for a New Generation to Follow Jesus in Digital Babylon by David Kinman, K-I-N-N-M-A-N, and Mark Matlock, M-A-T-L-O-C-K. Thanks for tuning in uh, to Daily Rhythms, and as always, please remember to like, follow, and share. God's blessings to you all.